The Dr. Chris Griffin Show, Season 1, Episode 11. You can get totally messed up trying to please everyone with what you do. But ultimately, you have to please yourself. Now, who said that? Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Yes, of course, everyone knows that quote, right? Well, you know, I don't expect you guys to get all these quotes. And actually, this time I pulled it from the world of entertainment, more so than the world of history or business greatness. You know, that's what I usually like to do on these things. But, however, I am a gigantic fan of, uh, of the person who provided us with this quote. Let me give you guys a little hint, okay? Forgive me for being off tune, but how about this? Dum da dum 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 da dum 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 dum. Okay, like that was really terrible, but just imagine it's the James Bond theme music, and uh, the guy that provided that wonderful quote was none other than Pierce Brosnan, the uh, James Bond before Daniel Craig. So, of course, I probably not even my second favorite Bond, but hey, the guy was still awesome. You got to admit, and I am a huge James Bond fan. So. Hey, I think it. I think that quote works, and it really works well with what I'm going to talk about today. And I am going to take you guys back to be a little fly on the wall in Oklahoma City uh, from the lecture I gave a few weeks ago now, uh, because the stuff that really I cannot duplicate what happened there. It was just a lot of it was off the cuff. I can't even remember how I put things if I tried to. But the way it came out was wonderful. I've gotten really maybe more good feedback from that lecture than any lecture I've done in a while. So uh, I'm going to take you guys back there, and we're going to delve into a lot of stuff, starting with a little bit what happened after the fire at my office, if you don't already know, and uh, working our way toward some other big topics, like how I tried to certify myself to success, my fear of uh, marketing, uh, fear of letting myself try to do more same-day dentistry, big things like that, and what was holding me back. And you guys are going to get a ton of value out of today. So uh, with no further ado, let's travel back in time and go back to Oklahoma City. Um, so here's another. So I'm like, you know, I'm seeing, I know I've screwed up at this point, and I know that this bonus system is unsustainable. This is pre-fire. And so uh, I went to a lecture, and I, and I heard a guy from Australia speak, uh, Dr. Paddy Lund. Anybody ever heard him talk? I'm just dating myself. These guys I refer to were all popular 10, 15 years ago. But anyway, Paddy is an Australian dentist, and his, his claim to fame was he was, uh, he was so OCD that he, could, he just about, you know, he, it was a struggle for him just to get to the office every day, you know, and it was a struggle for him to leave every day because he washed his hands till they bled and stuff like that. He actually created a practice in Australia that is pretty much, you know, I don't know that you can do it in the States. I don't know if you can do it anywhere, but it's a, such a boutique practice there that it did not even have a sign on the door. I mean, it just was an address, and you showed up by appointment. I mean, everything is five-star to the hilt. And uh, one of his big things was he doesn't want any stress in his life because stress makes his OCD just blow out of proportion. And he wanted his team to be happy. 
So he, he created this scale, and so every day he would have his dental staff rate his, uh, their, their level of happiness on a scale of uh, 0 to 10 every day. And if it wasn't like a 7 or 8, he would go to him and he'd say, Sarah, what's wrong? Why, why, why'd you rate us as a 4 today? And she would tell him, and he would, you know, they would talk about it. And they would, you know, I mean, it's, I mean listen, I'm a jerk. I'm a, I mean, I can't do that. I can't go to people and just say, hey, tell me why you feel this way. I just is not going to work. But he did it. So I thought, you know what? That sounds okay. I want my people to be happy. I want to be a nice guy. So let's, let's try to do it. Let's, let's figure out how to have a happy-centered practice. So I allowed pretty much my staff to dictate policy from that point forward. I tried this for six months to a year, something like that. I don't know how long. But we would do that. We would every Thursday, you know, we'd, take a, we'd have a, a meeting, a big long meeting, and we'd talk about our happiness scores for the week and how, how's everybody doing this week, you know? How's how could I make your life better? How could I make you a happier person? What could I do to help you? Anyway, this was a weird period in my practice life where I just, I was just, for some reason, just scared to death of my staff. At this point, I don't think I'd ever fired anybody, you know? I think I was so young, I'd never fired anybody. That'll do wonders for your life when you learn how to fire people, right? I mean, how many of you guys, how many of y'all have fired somebody in here? The first person you fired, do you remember, like, was it real scary and you hated to do it because you felt bad? You thought you were a failure probably too because you had to fire them or whatever. I did anyway. Uh, but you know what? After three or four, it's not that big a deal, right? It's like, <laughs> listen, it's not you. It's me, right? It's, it's the situation. I really think you could be great if you were working in a crystal meth recovery clinic. But, <laughs> but, but right here at Griffin Dental, I think, I think there's, you know, it's just not a good fit. So uh, I tell you, I'm going to go ahead and give you the rest of the day's pay. You just get your stuff and get out please. Um, but back then, you know, this is a mistake that I made. And this led to this. Now, somewhere along the middle 2000s, I was starting to figure this out that, yeah, it's interesting. When I have nothing on my schedule and I diagnose a crown and a root canal, I can usually get the person to stay. But if, they, if, uh, if I reschedule them, oddly enough, they tend to not come back. Hmm, I'm starting to this twirling around in my head. So I thought, hey guys, why don't we start this big promotional program where we like promote that we can do everybody's dentistry while they're here today. Let's figure out how to do that. But my staff did not like it at all. So I actually developed this ad, which I think is a cool ad, right? You know, you don't have to put off dental care gets seen today. I mean, I don't know. We developed it, we never ran it because my staff's like, Listen, you cannot promise people we're going to do their dentistry today. There's no way. It's never going to work. We're, we're maxed out as is. I said, maxed out? We're doing $50,000 a month. What are you talking about, maxed out? Right? But anyway, I mean, they, they've used that word on me multiple times. We're just maxed out. What does that mean, maxed out? So if we're doing $50,000 and now we're doing one hundred fifty, dollars and you said you were maxed out at fifty, dollars what's that mean? I've, come, I've gone back and asked the ones that are still there. Well, you know, you know when you told me you were maxed out and we were doing like $50,000 a month? What was going on? And she's like, I don't know. I thought I was maxed out. So anyway, I don't know if there is such a word as maxed out. It's kind of a joke. I, I, oh, you know what? I even went to the trouble of saying, if, in order to be seen today, you must call the office prior to 10 a.m. local time. 
and be willing to accept available options. I don't know. That's some lawyer junk. It's probably better I never ran that ad. It's a little cheesy looking. Um, but the reason I think that I was noticing that people wouldn't come back every time when I rescheduled them is this. So if you're already, I don't know how it is in Oklahoma City. Uh, you guys may be so affluent that people just have time on their hands and all the money in the world. I don't know. But in Ripley, if they've got a job, you know, they're pretty proud of that job. They don't want to lose that job. The factories in Ripley have all got this some kind of point system. I don't really know how it works, but like you get 10 points a year, and if you miss part of a day, it's minus a point. If you miss a full day, it's minus two points or something. And it's like a no questions asked, no crap policy. You get 10 points, you're out. You know, good luck. Uh, and so they don't want to use up those points on teeth. You know, and not that there's that many teeth in Ripley. There's not as many as there are in Oklahoma City, I'm sure. But what few there are, they just hate to use that up. And so uh, they've taken off work to come to your office. They're there. Now, if you can figure out a way to see them and do at least some of their work today, then there's a reasonable chance in their mind that's worth money to them, right? That's worth even more than a discount. The fact that if they're here, I've already taken off, I can get it done right now, and I don't have to miss any more work or get any more points on my record. If I can just get it done today, I think I'll stay. I, I found that to be true. Now, just think of all the stuff that hits this person the second they leave your chair side that you've diagnosed. Okay? So, the second that they get up out of the dental chair, you know, cell phone's going off, they're texting their kids, and you know, they've got a babysitter. Hey, if they got kids and they've got a babysitter for today, do you not think that's worth something for them not to have to try to get another babysitter and line all that up again? Uh, they get up front, maybe they start thinking about how much it costs, and now they're like, whoa, man, I don't have to come back. I've got to you know, pay a thousand bucks or blah, blah, blah. They leave, the, they leave your office. You know, they get in their car. Let's say they go back to work. Maybe their boss gets on them. You know, where I'm from, bosses are kind of mean. Maybe they get on them and fuss at them for missing. That's actually happened. I mean, it actually happens. So the bosses probably are trained to fuss at you when you, when you miss work. So then they're thinking, oh gosh, I, I, I probably can't make it back for that second appointment. What about when they get home? What about when they have to try to tell their husband that they're not going to be able to buy their new bass boat this year because they need to get their teeth fixed or their new, or their new hunting rifle or stuff like that. Okay? Uh, all kind of stuff. And so I just call that the butterfly effect because, you know, there's that, there's that theory that circulated years ago that, that um, a butterfly flapping its wings over the Galapagos Islands could cause a hurricane that hit the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, so that's what I say. You know, when somebody leaves your dental chair, just the tiniest little thing can push them off course and they very likely could end up not coming back to your appointment. And in Ripley, I don't know how it is here, but in Ripley, a lot of times people will schedule that appointment. Something weird happens to them, makes them think they don't want to come back. They won't really tell you they're not coming back. They just won't show up, right? That, just, that happens all the time. So, oh, this is a good one. Um, then, I think we probably touched on a lot of this. So I thought, well, if I can't really make it doing all this other stuff, let's, let's just try to do everything and just get certified at it, right? So, like I said, cosmetic dentistry, 
I went to all Dr. Garrity's courses. I did the, you know, the fast brace stuff. Um, you know, so I do actually do a lot of braces. So I, I tried to become like a general dentist ortho kind of guy. Uh, we talked about sedation dentistry, implant dentistry. You know, I, 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 I will tell you, I didn't, I don't, the slides never got here, doggone it. But, uh, but I have, there's, there's a, I would tell you guys, I don't get anything out of it, but if, do you guys may have a wonderful implant training course here, but if you guys ever need an amazing hands-on implant training course, there is a great one at UAB. It is, it is really tremendous, Dr. Michael McCracken. I've taken hundreds of hours of implant CE, and I can tell you, I never, ever got training like that. It's at, it's at a crystal meth recovery clinic. <laughs> it's what it is. So, so I guess UAB has got some sort of grant where they actually employ people that have recovered, they fix their teeth, and then they work on the teeth of the people uh, that have come through the crystal meth recovery. And like Dr. McCracken says, if you've been on crystal meth a few years, you probably need to see your dentist, right? So there's plenty of work to go around. And uh, it's really cool because they have not only a couple of doctors, but they, uh, well, they're all doctors, but they have 12 first year residents running around helping you. So, you know, you're there, somebody's got your back 24-7. You can do really complicated cases. Um, first time that I ever reflected, you know, flaps enough to expose the whole lower jaw, I was there. And, uh, you know, it's just something that I just would be scared to do in my practice without somebody just right on my shoulder. And actually, it's cool. The residents will actually, on a hard case, they'll actually be your assistant. And, you know, and he's like, he's like, I wouldn't cut right there. <laughs> you know, he said, you might want to get a finger rest if you're going to reflect right there now. You know, okay. All right, and that's, hey, that's the way to learn, right? You don't learn by cutting on a pig's jaw. I mean, it's okay, but you just don't learn as well. Something else cool that's right there that I, I never would have learned about. Uh, how many of you guys have ever uh, done any, do you guys do any bone grafting and uh, membrane placements? Anybody? Have you ever used that uh, PRF, platelet-rich fibrin? Have you heard of it? It's amazing. It is so easy to do. Uh, you just draw... Four vials of blood. I guess my IVs, that's, one, that's the one thing I still use is drawing blood, right, out of the IV training. But you draw four vials of blood, and you spin it in a centrifuge, cheap centrifuge, you know, $500 centrifuge, spin it for 12 minutes, and, and you basically then you get, you know, you get what looks like red water and then snot at the bottom. So you dump all your snot into a compress, and you compress, you squeeze all the liquid out, and... I'm not kidding you guys, it's like, it's like creating skin. It is amazing. You get the most biocompatible membrane that ever existed on the planet. You get this big old sheet of membrane, and then you get all the juice you squeezed out, you mix it in with your freeze-dried bone, and that also you know, helps the bone stay put better long enough for your body to create new bone. So, I mean, you feel like you're you know, dental gods you know, doing that right there. That's a really cool technique. And this is one place you can go learn and find out about it. Anyway, as fun as it is to geek out about dentistry, you still, I still don't believe you can build the proper foundation of your dental practice or make as much money as you'd like to make by just focusing on that kind of stuff. Uh, and this is the last big mistake that I'll talk about this morning. So lunch is at 1130? 
Okay, so let me go over this one, and then we'll break, if that's okay with you guys. The last big mistake that I could tell you guys that I made that I see a lot of people making is I had one employee who I thought was so good, and one of the reasons I thought she was so good is because she consistently told me, I'm so good, right? Um, I pretty much let her dictate policy for most of the office. I kind of gave her the keys to the kingdom. Not only did I hire her, but I paid her 50% more than I'd ever paid anyone, right, to come in. And, and also, I brought her in, and I just transplanted her to the position of office manager, completely removing a couple of people who had been in a position similar to that, and you know, immediately creating friction there. But I'm thinking, well, if she's so great, it won't matter. It'll all solve itself. So... Well, first off, let me just tell you, this hardly ever works. It's not, it didn't work for me. It's not going to work for you, probably. As time went on, I started to figure out, A, she's not near as good as I was led to believe, and B, you know, that's Ripley. It's just the way it is down there. Uh, and what do I do? Well, I still thought, okay, so I can't fire her. What, what could I do? So maybe there's some knowledge that, that I could impart that would save this situation. Who knows who this guy is? Come on, basketball fans, what's his name? There you go. Yeah. Do you like him, by the way? Okay, yeah. That's good. That's good. I, I, I agree. He probably is. Um, but I'll tell you a good story. It's a good story. Now, so I'm, I'm a big basketball fan, right? So I thought, okay, who would know? How to coach, because I still thought maybe she's a superstar and I just don't know how to coach her. Who would know how to coach a quote-unquote superstar person on a team? And I said, there's no way. I said, there's no way these guys are going to write back to me. But I, I, I busted out 50 handwritten letters, right, on really nice stationery to who I considered the 50 top coaches in college basketball at the time, right? So I just went down the list, and I'm a big junkie. I wrote them all, man. I wrote, I wrote Krzyzewski. I wrote... Uh, you know, I wrote, I wrote everybody you could think of. So out of 50 letters, and I was, you know, thought I was being smart. I waited till the off season, you know, after the final four, early summer, they're just doing camps and stuff. So they're not really, you know, they might potentially could read this. They might reply. How cool would that be if they replied, you know? So out of 50 letters, how many do you think I got back? How many? Oh, man. Okay. So who said 30? It's down. No. 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 Keep going down. Keep going down. You guys are awful at this. For, forget it. I'll, I'll just wait. It's, it's three. It's three. You guys said every number but that. Man, you guys are better terrible bingo players. Uh, all right, so there were three people that wrote me back. Number one, is anybody in here a uh, Texas Tech fan? Well, right now Texas Tech. Nobody? Okay. Tubby Smith, all right. At the time, he was at the University of Minnesota. So I get back this nice card, nice stationery, you know, maroon and gold, golden gopher on the front. Open it up. It's printed off, not handwritten, but it says, thank you for your interest in the Minnesota program. Uh, we really appreciate it. As you can imagine, uh, as you can imagine, Coach Smith 
is a very, very uh, busy recruiting right now. But we want you to know we appreciate your letter and we'll, you know, go Gophers, whatever. And actually, I think Tubby signed it, right? So that's classy enough. That's fine. I'm sure he signs a stack of 500 and they just, his staff does whatever. That's one. Number two, also Texas Tech. I get one back. I get this big letter from Texas Tech at the time. Their coach was Bobby Knight, right? All-time great. I'm like, wow, big manila folder. This is awesome, man. What is in this thing? So I tear it open, and I pull out. It's like an eight-page catalog of Bobby Knight signed memorabilia and an order form price list. That you can see, you know, you can have a Bobby Knight signed basketball for $200. You can have a Bobby Knight signed golf ball for 50 bucks, blah, 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 blah. Right? Nothing personal. That's what it got. The third one, however, sends me back this. John Calipari from the University of Memphis at the time. And he actually writes this. Can you believe this, Chunk? Thanks for your note. I really try to coach each player the same way. But... I may be able to get more out of a special player. It's always a benefit to a coach when his best player is also his hardest worker and can be a team leader. If that can happen, you have a chance to have a special team. Coaches get caught up in coaching great players differently. I can't do that. Hope this helps John Calipari. What do you say, man? Oh, John, this is why... People like him and Bill Clinton are so successful. They're so nice about it. <laughs> right? Who would do this? I mean, sure, he'd find a way to get a recruit, but he's going he's gonna to hug you and tell you how great you are while he's doing it, right? He's a good guy. He's just a little... So I'm like, well, crap. Even John Calipari can't figure out how to coach these superstar people differently. So... I'm on my way to one of the institutes. I'm driving. I've got this letter from John Calipari, and I'm about to go to the airport, and I pop in a couple of cassette tapes because at that time I'm still driving my 1999 Ford Expedition with cassette tape in it. And uh, one of the cassette tapes was from a doctor in Houston, Texas, named Scott Perkins. Anybody remember him? All right, so Scott. actually became friends with Scott after that. Uh, Scott's talking about how that being an efficient dental practice could really change the way you practice, change your life. Okay, then I pop in a tape from a guy named Dr. Roy Smith from Tyler, Texas. Anybody heard of Roy? Uh, you and I listen to the same stuff, it appears. Uh, I actually became friends with Roy, too. Roy spoke for me at a seminar two years ago. I went and played golf with him a couple of times down in Tyler. Greatest guy on the planet. Only person I ever met that had two hole-in-ones in one round of golf, right? How about them apples? But anyway... Roy's telling a story about how he nearly wrecked his practice by trying to do all this fancy stuff, went broke, lost his father-in-law's retirement money going broke, and then decided, wait a minute, if I could do a more high-volume model, I could see all these Delta Dental patients nobody wants to see, and maybe I could do better, right? So then Roy builds this huge base of patients, huge practice. Then he hires associates to do the general dentistry, and now he pretty much only does sedation dentistry and stuff he wants to do, right? Which is the dream of all dreams. So I figure, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back. I'm going to think about how I can build this blueprint for this general practice and just start doing things, the stuff the folks around here actually won't need extractions, fillings, and crowns that are not super, super expensive. 
I read this book called Napoleon Hill's Law Success. Who has read Think and Grow Rich? All right? It's good. It's a great book. The book, The Law of Success, is actually like the expanded version, right? Let me do this. This is a good, a good stopping point as any. Let me give this book away because I actually brought this book. I actually brought this book right here. Now, what can I do as a... You guys have already proven to me that number questions are not, <laughs> not going to work. So we had about half OU and half OSU fans in the room, right? And you guys know I went to Mississippi State, so you already feel sorry for me. But so this, is for the, this is probably, it's up for grabs, but OSU people have a little advantage. But the last time that Oklahoma State played Mississippi State in football, where was the game played? Who said Houston? Look at you, man. You're so smart. But I'm going to tell you what happened. So you're an OSU fan? You guys know you killed this, right? It was, I was there. You know, it, was, it was all right. Actually, it was an interesting story. I was in the box. I was in my college roommate's box at Reliance Stadium, you know, and he, he, he's so rich, he doesn't even watch the game. He's got daggum 20 people walking up wanting to shake his hand and talk. I wanted to watch the game. So I walked down. It wasn't real crowded. I walked down and sat down on the 45-yard line on about the 10th row and watched it and then walked back up to his box when it was over. And like, he's like, where'd you go? I'm like, I didn't come here to talk to rich people. I came here to watch the game. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, in that game, what you don't know is that you guys injured at that time, our all-time leading quarterback, Tyler Russell, in the first quarter. Guess who came in to replace him? Who had been on the bench his whole career? Dak Prescott, who is, I mean, if, you know, if you've heard of Dak Prescott or not, but he's the best quarterback that we ever had, and he's, you know, the best player that Mississippi State ever had. So you kind of, by defeating us and injuring us so badly, you kind of did us a favor. So... Anyway, here's this book. It's an awesome book if you haven't read it yet. It's a little bit, you know, like he wrote it back in probably the 40s, so it's a little bit turn of the 20th century cheesy and talks about some woo-woo stuff, but there's some really good business principles in there too. So if you guys want to take a quick break, then we'll come back and we'll keep going down this path, and I'll eventually, I promise, get to this, this formula that I worked out for you guys. Okay, so yeah, that's, that's the end of the first part of the morning lecture I gave in Oklahoma City. And the formula I'm referring to is my practice achievement formula. Uh, really, I think, I think I developed a really neat formula. And so I shared it with them there. I'm sure that will be the topic of one of the next podcasts we do. Uh, the next podcast, though, I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work out and how quickly I can get it edited, but uh, I'll talk to you about an upcoming interview I'm doing with a very important person right after these words. This is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire. And if you're ready to ignite your productivity, explode your growth, and burn down the barriers to your dream life, the Dr. Chris Griffin Show is where you need to be. So, yeah, that was uh, John Lee Dumas, and he was gracious enough to do that for me for my podcast. Now, I've got an interview coming up with him, and it is going to be tremendous. Now, John is known for so many things. He has had the number one podcast in iTunes business for a long time. Um, I cannot tell you how many umpteen million downloads or whatever he has. He's just amazingly popular. Uh, he's had a tremendous life from active combat veteran uh, overseas all the way to um, he's a lawyer. and uh, Well, I don't know if he completed law school, but anyway, 
at some point then he just made a decision that that's what he what he was going to do in life was become an entrepreneur and then help people become entrepreneurs and um, it's just an amazing story and he's going to be gracious enough to share that with us so look forward to that podcast upcoming and uh, and I will be interviewing John about what it takes to really make a decision set some goals go after them full throttle and I think the reason it's going to be particularly interesting for our group uh, because he's known for a lot of stuff just general entrepreneurship goal setting all this but what I would like to really dive into is the power it took for him to actually change the path he was on and pursue this new path with such amazing gusto so look forward to that interview uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks, John, ahead of time, and uh, I will see you guys next time. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice so when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of The Chris Griffin Show, where the doctor is always in.